Hello, I'm Dr. Nikki, and welcome to my podcast, Quantum Activations, where we explore the science and the mysteries of the greater reality. We will also be connecting in with some amazing evolution revolutionaries along the way. I look forward to you joining me. Oh, hello, everybody. It's Dr. Nikki here. So I'm coming on to share with you uh, a little bit more about energy and so where energy actually comes from. You know, we hear a lot more these days about um, about energy, our energy, how we're feeling, you know, if we're getting affected by other people's energy. And, you know, that's the fascinating thing about energy is that energy comes into resonance. And so, you know, when we can, you know, be discerning about where we put our own energy, it actually helps us to be able to keep our frequency. But then another beautiful thing that we have are our practices. So when we do things like our meditations, visualizations, um, other sorts of practices where we allow ourselves the privilege to be able to connect in with higher frequency, um, with higher frequencies or higher frequency information, as um, I like to call it, that we allow ourselves to be able to sit more within that frequency more consistently. And, you know, the beautiful thing about energy too is that energy moves quickly. Um, not like physical, you know, when things happen within our physical, it can take a while to kind of undo the little bits and pieces. But when we're working with energy, we can actually move energy quite quickly. And then with repeated practice, we can start to recreate new patterns of information. And so they're new ways that our energy sits within the world. Um, so I wanted to turn that back a bit now and talk um, a little bit more about where it actually comes from to look at the molecules. So when we think about energy, energy is everywhere and everything has energy because everything is made up of molecules and molecules are constantly in motion. And this is because of the subatomic particles. So if you remember back to school science, you might remember um, the atom. And so you had a nucleus in the middle and then electrons around the outside. And so inside the nucleus, we have what's called subatomic particles. And these subatomic particles have been found to move. And what these movements do is creates waves of energy. And depending on how fast that the molecules are moving will determine what state they're in. And we're gonna have a look at that a little bit more in a, in a moment. Um, so you might've also heard of the term frequency. And so what we mean by that is the number of times one of the waves of movement move past a point per second. And so if you look to the left of this slide, you can see different waves of energy. And the waves, like this is only a two-dimensional construct, the waves actually happen in a three-dimensional construct. Um, and But what happens is they can have, they can be, the waves can be longer or they can be shorter. And so when waves are longer, we say that it has a lower frequency because less of those waves are going to pass a set point than if there's a shorter frequency, if you've got short, a shorter wavelength, which is a higher frequency. And so higher frequency information moves much more quickly. So there's more waves per second and um, lower frequency information moves much more slowly. And it, this also affects the state of things that we have in our environment as well. You know, it can be hard at, at first glance to imagine that 
our computers are actually moving, our chairs are moving, our tables are moving, things that appear solid are in fact actually moving because everything is made of molecules. But the reason that they appear to be moving so slowly, uh, they, they appear to be solid is because they're moving so slowly. But they are in fact moving because everything moves because everything's made of molecules. This is basic molecular science. And so then what happens? I love to use the analogy of water. We know water is H2O, those molecules join together. And so when we freeze water, we slow down the movement of those molecules so much that they become solid. And so we have ice. And so then what happens is when we speed up the movement of those molecules by heating it up it turns into liquid and then we continue to heat it and those molecules move even more quickly and they become gas it doesn't mean they don't exist anymore just because we can't see it because we know that the, you know one of the basic laws of physics is that matter cannot be created or destroyed it can only change forms and you know this is a perfect example of when we think of energy as well so you know when we think of us we have our solid parts, our liquid parts, and then we have our energetic parts as well. But they're, but they're moving so quickly that most people aren't able to see it with, with normal vision. And we're probably lucky in some ways because imagine if we could see our thought forms sometimes too. <laughs> oh, they could be quite comical. But, um, yeah, literally everything creates energy, including our thoughts and feelings. And, you know, this is what starts to then affect the function within our physicality. But we'll talk more about that in a moment. But staying with the, with the molecular science is that if you, so here we, we have a, a diagram of the nucleus with an electron cloud. They actually used to, depending how long ago you went to school, they used to say that they thought, thought the electrons spun around the outside of the nucleus, but they've actually found that the electrons flash in and out. And what they do is they create a cloud. So this electron cloud. And to put it in perspective of the size of this cloud to compare to the nucleus, that if you had a football field and a grain of rice in the center of the football field with it was the nucleus, the electron cloud would actually be out into the grandstands. So into the seats around the stadium. And so when we think about the parts that are more solid, so the nucleus, and the electrons, even though that's become a bit questionable now, they flash in and out. This is getting a bit too deep into the quantum at the moment. But to, to, to keep it in this at this basic molecular level is that there's a whole lot of space. So even though things appear solid, there is a whole lot of space happening within everything. And even more interesting is that in Sanskrit, the word space is termed a cache. I'm sure you've probably all heard of, you know, the Akashic records. And so Akash actually means space. And another word that it's sometimes spoken of is ether. So ether is what holds frequency. So all of this space is actually where the energetic information about everything is being stored. And now there's another really important aspect of energy as well that we play with, and that's our electromagnetic fields. And so these are created is when we go back to the electrons, the electrons all have a negative charge. And so while they're flashing in and out, what they do is they create magnetism. And as these magnets um, 
appear to be spinning because of the flashing in and out. That's why they used to think that they actually spun around, but it's the energy that spins around because of the flashing in and out of these negative charges that it creates an electric current. And it's this interaction between the electricity and the magnetism that produces electromagnetic fields that are in and around everything. Um, you know, from the smallest parts, because every atom has its own electromagnetic field, to, to everything on the grander scale as well. And so to put this in a little bit more perspective, is it's also called um, toroidal fields or torus fields, if you've ever heard of that term. And so what these are, are electromagnetic fields. And so if we think about it, if we look at these diagrams on the side, if we have an apple, and the apple has an electromagnetic field, we eat the apple, it actually becomes part of our electromagnetic field, which is another reason why the, the um, nutritional quality of the food that we eat, when it's closer to fresh, when it's closer to being closer to a natural type of a natural um, electromagnetic energy about it, or even if it has energy, depending what it is, um, that, that when we take it on, it actually adds to the energetic quality of our own systems as well. And so then we become, we are accumulation of all of the electromagnetic energy that is moving around in ourself. And then our earth also has an electromagnetic field. Our suburbs have electromagnetic fields. You know, our universe has an electromagnetic field. So in essence, we are fields inside of fields, inside of fields, inside of fields. And this is where the information is stored. This is this culmination of these electromagnetic fields that exists within these electron clouds is where we're holding all of our subconscious information, which is why they use the term the Akash. So our Akashic records are the records of our information. And so that's where it is in science. <laughs> it really excites me a lot. And if, you, if you've got to this far in the presentation, you probably find it quite exciting, um, quite exciting as well. And so what I wanted to share with you is a expanding and sensing energy practice. It's just a short little practice, but what it helps to do is to really connect in with that, what we've just been talking about. And so if you are safe to do so, I will get you to close down your eyes. Just taking that opportunity to turn inwards. Notice that you're breathing. Feeling your breath as it floats in. And then feeling your breath as it floats out. And just riding those waves for a few more rounds of breath. And starting to feel into that. Feeling into that expansion that's created each time you breathe in. And then that release and letting go each time you breathe out. Now, as you continue to ride those waves, just feeling into that, feeling that expansion with your breath in 
and then that release and softening as you breathe out. And so that perhaps the next time you breathe in, you can create even more expansion. And as you do that a few more times, starting to see if you can connect in with your own energy field and feeling that energy field getting a little wider with each breath. And then as your energy field continues to grow, just seeing if you can notice its interaction with other energy fields around you. So just connecting in with the energy of the chair, if you're on a chair, the energy of your computer or your phone, while you're watching this. Seeing what else you notice as you easily and gracefully allow your energy to continue to expand as you're breathing gently and deeply. Relaxing into the process allows the energy to expand even further. Just allowing your energy to continue to spread out even meters around you now. Seeing what else you can notice. Maybe have your energy take up the whole room where you are, or if you're outside, a whole section of where you are. Seeing if you can notice maybe how different objects feel different, maybe the different frequencies. And then maybe even expanding out a little further. Seeing what else you can start to notice. As you continue with your glorious breath, just bringing your awareness back in now, bringing it back in and onto your breath, just feeling back into your physical, that gentle rise and fall of your torso. And then whenever you are ready, you can take a deep breath in and pause. And then as you release it out, starting to bring some movement back and then opening up your eyes. And so, you know, that's a really beautiful practice to, um, you know, to not only help us to relax, because that's actually interesting, the way that the nervous system works, that when we allow ourselves to relax, our energy actually does expand. And the more expansive that um, is energy, the higher the frequency as well. And so when we do energetic expansion practices, these assist with connecting in with energy and becoming aware of our own energy and the energy of others, which we just experienced. And then once we're in this expanded state, we raise our frequency and become closer energetically or more of a vibrational match to our spirit self or our higher self, because as we raise our frequency, we are more of a match to higher frequency information. And so this higher frequency information 
that our higher self is able to connect into is this expanded awareness of the greater reality. This is how we can access our innate wisdom, our inner truth, our inner knowing is all happening within this information that's in this higher frequency, more expanded state. And so with practice and awareness, we can choose to tap into that breath, create an expansive state, which then enables us to function with more clarity, ditch the confusion and struggle that can often happen, you know, when we're over busy and our energy constricts. This is how the nervous system works. As soon as we stress, our energy constricts. And as soon as we constrict, we're the opposite of being in an expanded state. And interestingly, the science has actually found that when we go into a stress response, that constricted state, that we get a disconnection from our survival brain at the, the back of the um, cortex to our frontal cortex. So when we're stressed, we disconnect our higher order thinking processes. So it's actually not possible to think clearly when we're stressed. <laughs> the, the science shows it, um, shows it quite clearly. So that, that's really fascinating as well. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about me, you can visit my website or you can follow me on the socials. All of the details are on the links below and reach out at any time if I can support you along your journey. Take care.